0: Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have a guest coming to us from New Jersey. I have a longtime business owner an intuitive uh, energy specialist. I don't know. She's just amazing. I want to introduce to the world Jennifer Urezio. Did I say it right?
1: You said it perfectly. Thank you so much. I'm so honored
0: to be here. Thank you for joining us today. Can you tell the world who you are and what you do?
1: What I do is I really help people align their voice and their vision. My sacred purpose is to help people profoundly connect to themselves and whatever they call their higher power. And we're human, so we like a little tangibility about what we know deep down inside. So I created a paradigm called soul language that puts tangibility to the soul and the soul of a business. So people can create a conscious connection. So they can move from pattern and pain to evolution, consciousness, success, and freedom.
0: So I actually love the word paradigm. That's what I got from what you just Mm -hmm. said. And, you know, I love to work with and share uh, the vision of creators because, you know, we have to think outside of the box to be able to, to really scale and grow. As individuals and as entrepreneurs, we have a separate responsibility. We're influencers. So we're not just responsible for our vision and our mission. We're, we're responsible for others. So tell me, what led you to launch the Soul Language?
1: I was asking really big questions for myself. I knew that there was something bigger inside. I just didn't know the vehicle of that. And I was asking some big questions like, where are my people you know, how do I, how do I be connected to whatever, you know, this thing I call God? And um, I was sitting at a conference where I was talking about life purpose and essential oils. And this person sat down next to me and went, we're going to be friends. And I went totally. And then I said, why her and not this other person across the way who looks really nice, but I don't care if I ever see that person again. What is that called? And what I heard was so Language, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to keep asking questions. And before long, I had this structure about putting tangibility just to the three core energies of soul your mission, how you fuel that mission, and then your soulful personality. And I started identifying people and I kept hearing the same thing oh my God, you just put words to what I know deep down inside, whether they were on the path for a minute or for years. And it became a way to really create that connection where we got clear information from ourselves and our higher self. So that's kind of the long, bumpy road how I got here.
0: So how did you start? What was the first thing that you came up with? Because I asked that question because for long-term entrepreneurs, we see a lot of people who've been in business five years or so, but you're talking 15 years or more. What was the first, the first vehicle that you used or created?
1: Uh, my intuitive tool, so, and I still do do this, but it's just a different form now. It was really helping highly intuitive people understand how they got their information. Um, what did it look like? Their database of knowledge, uh, energetic protocols so that they were would clear their energy and be safe. So I did that program for a couple months um, and I, I loved it. And then- I started to do, do so language programs and a
0: bunch of different kind of vehicles of that. Interesting. So you said a database of knowledge. What? Yeah, what does that mean? I know what it means, but I want you to explain it to everybody else. And what made you come up with that? Because I was literally just thinking this yesterday in my reflection, and I was writing it down because I was saying that you need to control and and be very cautious of where you get your information and what you choose to retain. So can you break down the database of knowledge for listeners?
1: Yeah, sure. So what I mean by that is when your soul speaks speaks to you through intuition. It is going to use your database of knowledge. So when I get intuitive information from my soul, I get Star Trek references because I love science fiction. I get cartoon references because I love cartoons. So I get a lot of my intuitive information or guidance um, for myself watching TV or reading a book, mostly not mostly fiction. So your soul is gonna use your information to talk to you so it's clear and understandable. I think so often people want it to look like someone else Mm -hmm. as information or what they've seen on TV, right? And it doesn't work that way. And so people are getting all this information, but because it's not a visual for them, Mm -hmm. they think they're not getting anything. So it's really about understanding how your database works and then if you're going to work with clients, how to translate that
0: for someone else. So that's what I mean by database. How do you um, help people translate that? Because I think that's where so many people fail, is that they do have a particular language, especially for empaths, intuitives, and scientists. And, and being able to interpret what you mean to an audience that may not think like you, what is your advice to people to, to really dig into that translation?
1: I think the first step is to tune in and ask more questions of your guidance and your soul. Like, what do I say? How do I speak to their listening right here, right now? You know, so often I will, people will ask me what I do and the structure is the same, but I really never say the same thing twice. Mm -hmm. And that's because I tune in and I go, what do I need to say here? Mm -hmm. Right. And then so often people go, Oh my God. I was just talking about that. Or, oh my, like, Mm -hmm. because I'm tuned in, I think so often people answer a lot of questions with their head and not by settling in
0: and listening on a deep level. People answer with their head. That is so true. Does that mean we're overthinkers?
1: I think we're taught to think. I think our mind is highly, you know, I'm really smart so I can outsmart myself and, and, I'm saying I'm really smart With most of my uh, growing up in my life, I didn't think I was smart. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I am mm-hmm. really, I'm very mm-hmm. quick, very smart. And so I can think my way into anything or out of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, so often our mind is putting everything in a box so we can categorize it and make ourselves feel safe. So yeah, I think we're taught to think my best friend when he's like 16 now, but when he first went to like preschool, um, my best friend's kid came home with nothing in his folder one day and she called me up. She's like, oh my God, Eric didn't have anything in his folder today. And I was like, why are you upset? And she goes, what do you mean? I go, since that kid has been out of the belly, we've asked him, what do you want? What do you need? I go, why is there nothing in his folder? And he, he, she said, the teacher said that Eric chose not to participate today. He didn't cause a fuss. He didn't get mad. He just said, I choose not to participate today. I go, that's our boy. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so often we're taught these, these ways you have to think, you have to do this, you have to form in this line. And I think that takes us out of our, our knowing a lot.
0: Mm. Absolutely true. And you said that you can think your way into things, you can think your way out. And I think that's that's kind of the curse of the high IQ. There's so many people, and especially creatives, um, empaths, intellectuals. I think that's the thing that, that keeps us all over the place and keeps us from being able to stay on track is because we're constantly thinking, but we're not capturing those thoughts, those ideas, and therefore they're just like swimming out in the universe.
1: Yeah, and i think also highly intuitive people uh and you know that pioneering energy they hear or they sense a lot of you know ideas that aren't for them and yes. so they get this uh, you know this kind of blip of inspiration and, and if you're like me and action oriented you can create and produce that and it be out into the world by the end of the day and we yeah. never ask is this ours to create we never ask does it need incubation time um that's why i designed a whole method called the butterfly method to help people do that because i didn't crawl i went from sitting to walking in nine months so i very action-oriented right and so now i have a list of questions about really supporting being supported by the universe of putting something out into creation you know and there's no judgment in here across the board you know these are just pat- patterns and pathways that we've established and it's just really about redirecting your essential nature to serve you rather than to be put in the back seat and your mind
0: you know drive you to the next location redirecting your essential nature to serve you i think that speaks volumes Because, you know, you said something earlier about being different even as a child. And you you grow up trying to figure out what you're supposed to be, what you're called to be. What does this all mean? But you said something profound. All ideas aren't for us. We come up with these amazing things. And I'm laughing because you are literally just... You're taking all my clothes off. I'm just, you know, you're saying every (laughs) single characteristic that I have, I'm constantly creating because I get an idea and I'm like, okay. And then I meet somebody and realize that that idea was actually for them. It's not what I want to do. And it's not meant for me, but I've lost hours and hours and hours and hours and hours because I'm going down this rat trail of, you know, hey, this brilliant idea just came to mind. And, and I justify it because I say, you know, if it wasn't for creatives and, and highly intuitive people, we wouldn't have electricity. You know, we wouldn't have air conditioning. We wouldn't have these things. But realistically, you just, you just really encapsulated what the, the pretty much the, the whole cause of failure is. And it's just not understanding, you know, what is for us. And you said incubation. Yeah, nurturing time.
1: You know, I think, and that's also based, can be based on your soul languages, right? That core energy of your soul. If you have pioneering energy, you're always going to be out in front and you're always going to be Forging new roads for yourself and others. That doesn't mean that you're laying down the brick for that road. And I think so often we confuse the two. Yeah, things need incubation time. You know, the universe is conspiring for you, but sometimes nature takes a little time to put things together. And we like to rush the process. That doesn't mean it's divine timing. What that means is sometimes it takes a little longer to grow a plant than you think it does.
0: Mm. Mm. And different ones take different amounts of time. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And I I have written somewhere because I was watching um, a sermon somewhere. It says planted, not buried. And, and that just resonates. So it's so, it's so interesting that you just used a plant as an analogy because we oftentimes think that, you know, it means that it's not meant for us, but no, you said incubation. And I think that that resonates with someone out there. I want to ask you about a blog on your website it says people are afraid of greatness. Can you elaborate yeah. on that?
1: Yeah, I think so often we are trying to be part of the mass and the cattle. So I think that there's this innate human kind of condition where we don't want to stand out because we're afraid then that we won't survive, that it's not safe. And so anytime that we have to express our greatness, if we're not conscious about it, we we stay into the wallflower position. And I think especially with introverts, you know, this is, this is a tough one for introverts. Cause you know, I'm an introvert. I know all of you listening, don't think that, but I am like, I got 59 minutes and then I go home. I'm like, I'm done. Right. <laughs> right? But I know I can adapt. And I also know that, you know, there is a calling to be in the spotlight within my soul because I have a message and I have a big message. And so I have to be out in order to, create community and to get my message beyond my four walls so i think that there are all these little traps that we set up for ourselves around being great um what was i watching i was watching uh, a movie the other day and um there was this line uh like you know and i'm going to botch the line but um you know no great woman was nice or something like that and the the woman across from the, the this cup, this conversation was like, oh wait, no, no. That my mother told me the exact opposite. Like no great woman was like, like out of place, like stay in your place and try to be great. And her companion goes, no, the phrase is the opposite. And I think so often that's true. Like people think, if I just stay in my lane. If I just am quiet, then I will get noticed. You don't have to, you know, run off, you know, you don't have to streak a- across a football field to get noticed. There's a, there's a tangible, sustainable way to do it so that you're safe. But I think so often we're used to kind of hiding and playing and being small because we're afraid. And if anyone has experienced trauma out there, and we've all experienced yep, trauma. That's my specialty. Right? Yep. Right. But the, the instinct as you experience trauma is to go very silent, very small, very hidden.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um it's a survival instinct. So mm-hmm. that is then the first kind of pattern that, you know, greatness, if you have to put yourself out there, is, is going to be in direct competition with that trauma experience. So it, it takes energetic clearing, it takes new patterns, and it takes a profound feeling of that part of you and, and recognizing and tuning into that part of you that's never been hurt, that knows it's whole and complete. And that takes practice.
0: Yes, it does. You said trauma is in competition with greatness. I have never heard any statement that can sum up the barrier that trauma causes to success but you said trauma is in competition with greatness and that is so real hmm. you know people look at influencers and they look at you know those of us and even if we're not um you know i've always thought i was extroverted but i'm now realizing that i'm not because i get drained very easily um but as you said i know that i have a message And so, you know, the podcast was easy because I'm hiding behind something and it's still allowing me to get the message out. But the one thing that I think people don't understand is trauma manifests over the lifespan. And, you know, a lot of times we think that as we grow older, that we get better at dealing with things. But even just talking to you and looking at your work, you you realize that you have to do the work. You have to, you can't, you can't avoid everybody thinks time heals all wounds. That is a lie. (laughs) And whoever created that quote, I'm going to need them to take it down. No, it just,
1: it just wears down the sharp edges. It's still,
0: yeah, it's it's
1: still there.
0: Yes. Yes. You know, it's, so I want you to tell everybody about this online program that you have developed
1: yeah you know uh i have this collaborated partner jennifer bloom who uh her one of her soul languages is a capitalist and so she helps herself and others make more of whatever they want to make more of whether it's babies or money she works on both and i was um sitting in a massage chair once and i, and I was like okay this is like 10 years ago and i was like okay what's with all these money programs that everyone pushes and nobody ever moves forward? Why is that divine? Mm -hmm. And what I heard was, oh, there's heartbreak. And I was like, what? And what I realized was, because we have heartbreak around money, then no matter what program you're trying to do, you're creating based on that heartbreak. Mm -hmm. And so you feel the heartbreak and that's what the program's all about. And it's right on the soullanguage.us homepage. There's a free video right there. And, it, and it's, that online program is a combination of probably eight years worth of different classes that we've taught about the subject. And it's been called the best money program ever. Um, and I take it all the time, by the way. I take it every couple of months to go, okay, where's if there's new heartbreak, let's clean it up. Because it's such a profound thing that actually causes you to build on pain rather than on consciousness. And Mm. since money doesn't have free will and it operates on your will, um, I rather have put in all goodness with my relationship with money rather than heartbreak or pain.
0: I was busy writing, build on pain (laughs) rather than consciousness. (laughs) Uh, Truth, build on pain rather than consciousness. And I think that's, that's the root um, is that you know, we we always talking about turn your pain into power, but you have to literally deal with the issues and that 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 heartbreak around money it it paralyzes a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, because the money mindset is so wrong,
1: yeah. And I think that it it tends to be so in your face that you know, it's a great way to choose consciousness. It's a great way to make a choice to, to feel whole and complete. And, and it's a resource from divinity. So I think that so often we're making so many other things, our source when they're just resources. And so often people make money, their source when it's just
0: a resource of divinity. Yes. 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 I hope everybody in the back heard that. Money is a resource. It is not the source. I couldn't agree more. So this video on your, your website, How to Begin to Create a Spiritual Money Relationship Based on Freedom and Abundance online program, as you said, you, you take it multiple times over. And I think a lot of people are afraid to revisit the things that, that they learn, but we have to turn it into a lifestyle. So we need to do it over and over and over again. Um, What would you suggest to people about that statement? You know, how do they turn their consciousness into a lifestyle, especially when they need to dispel the heartbreak around money, pain, trauma, all these things? What would you, what's your advice to listeners today?
1: Uh, Sacred practice, even if it's five minutes, you know, I think everyone doesn't want to do sacred practice because they think it's hours and hours of sitting meditating on a hill. You know, there are a, a series, there's a structure to sacred practice. And even if it's five seconds, that pausing and tuning in and simply connecting to yourself and your higher power and going, what do I need to know today? And feeling that deep sense of that place within you that's never been hurt, that knows you're whole and complete is key because you want to operate from there rather than the pain and suffering
0: that being human has caused. hmm Mm-hmm. And I want you to talk about your book, Soul Language Consciously Connecting with Your Soul for Success. So
1: it's a 500 page book, everyone. So, no, <laughs> it's not on digital. Um, and it, it really talks about the individual languages, it talks about the three categories of soul. Anyone who purchased the book gets a discovery session where we ID one of your languages for free. Um, you know it took two years to write it took a year to edit so it's kind of every word of it has been really looked at and really you know said okay is this the highest consciousness at this moment we can get this book um and all of those languages have been updated so we should really update the book i have to tell you that i love my second book better
0: <laughs> oh what's the second book um,
1: it's, uh, a little book of prayers, which are 20 p- prayers that I wrote. Um, I write prayers for people and, and I was doing it kind of like, Hey, you want me to write a prayer? And a client came to me and went, I want to tell you everything that's happened since you wrote this for me. And so I was on a beach with a friend of mine. She's like, when are you writing that little book, book of prayers? I was like, Oh. She's like, what's wrong? I was like, oh, God, just talk through you, and now i got to write it. (laughs) So I, you know, I took the, I went through all my prayer books, you know, all my journals, and I went, okay, what are the topics that I keep writing prayers about again and again and again and again? And so I pulled some of them, and I wrote some new ones. And why I love it so much is because I pick it up, and during a class, I'll go, someone pick a number one through 20 and I'll read the prayer. And I'm like, Oh my God, I wrote that. They <laughs> all, they always sound new to me. They are always, there's always something where I go, Oh, and I, th- and I hear the same thing with people that say the same thing. So it's one of those things that, um, you want to keep in your back pocket. So when you're feeling out of sorts or shaky, that you can reconnect, that you can focus your energy and d- direct the universe and help bend the universe towards the direction you want it to go versus, you know, sending out bad noise pollution, which is, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I had, which is from a place of lack rather than declaring and knowing. Mm.
0: Lack. Yes. So can you tell listeners how to reach you?
1: Yeah, the best way is at soullanguage.us. Um, there's a lot of free groovy stuff there there's a newsletter Uh, you can have me write a prayer for you for $20 which I love doing Um, and I answer my own phone and I answer my own email Um, don't so if you call at three o'clock in the morning you might get my cranky (laughs) voice but I will I mean it's the other day I got a call from Italy I was like hello and they're like oh my god you picked up your phone I was like yeah like yeah, of course. So um, feel free to be in touch and ask questions. And, uh, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like they have a burning question
0: with no one to answer. So feel free to reach out. Thank you for answering the call. That's that's really amazing. There's so many people with burning questions and they don't know who to ask. And you have this this energy about you that's just calming, soothing, and just full of wisdom. I want to thank you so much thank for you. gracing me with your presence and my audience with your presence and for the amazing platform that you have built over over 15 years.
1: Well, thank you. I'm kind of speechless, but uh which is highly unusual for me. So, <laughs> thank you so much and it's been a pleasure chatting with you and um yeah. Thank you is such a small word. I wish I had a bigger word. So, whatever's bigger than thank you, that's what I'm offering.
0: Air hug from 7,000 miles away. <laughs> All right, listeners, that was the amazing Jennifer Urezio. Please check her out on soullanguage.us. I am actually checking out her online programs, ongoing conversations with the divine, coming back after money broke your heart, and the butterfly method. As always, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of Your Voice, Your Power with Anika. As always, stay powerful.